Dentistry, also known as dental and oral medicine, is a branch of medicine that consists of the study, diagnosis, prevention, and treatment of diseases, disorders, and conditions of the oral cavity, commonly in the dentition but also the oral mucosa, and of adjacent and related structures and tissues, particularly in the maxillofacial, jaw and facial, area. Although primarily associated with teeth among the general public, the field of dentistry or dental medicine is not limited to teeth but includes other aspects of the craniofacial complex including the temporomandibular joint and other supporting, muscular, lymphatic, nervous, vascular, and anatomical structures. Dentistry is often also understood to subsume the now largely defunct medical specialty of stomatology, the study of the mouth and its disorders and diseases, for which reason the two terms are used interchangeably in certain regions. Dental treatments are carried out by a dental team, which often consists of a dentist and dental auxiliaries, dental assistants, dental hygienists, dental technicians, as well as dental therapists. Most dentists either work in private practices, primary care, dental hospitals or, secondary care, institutions, prisons, armed forces bases. The history of dentistry is almost as ancient as the history of humanity and civilization with the earliest evidence dating from 7000 BC. Remains from the early Harappan periods of the Indus Valley Civilization, 3300 BC, show evidence of teeth having been drilled dating back 9000 years. It is thought that dental surgery was the first specialization from medicine. The modern movement of evidence-based dentistry calls for the use of high-quality scientific evidence to guide decision-making. The term dentistry comes from dentist, which comes from French dentist, which comes from the French and Latin words for tooth. The term for the associated scientific study of teeth is odontology, from ancient Greek odaos, tooth, the study of the structure, development, and abnormalities of the teeth. Dentistry usually encompasses practices related to the oral cavity. According to the World Health Organization, oral diseases are major public health problems due to their high incidence and prevalence across the globe, with the disadvantaged affected more than other socioeconomic groups. The majority of dental treatments are carried out to prevent or treat the two most common oral diseases which are dental caries, tooth decay, and periodontal disease, gum disease or pyorrhea. Common treatments involve the restoration of teeth, extraction or surgical removal of teeth, scaling and root planing and endodontic root canal treatment. All dentists in the United States undergo at least three years of undergraduate studies, but nearly all complete a bachelor's degree. This schooling is followed by four years of dental school to qualify as a Doctor of Dental Surgery DDS, or Doctor of Dental Medicine DMD. Dentists need to complete additional qualifications or continuing education to carry out more complex treatments such as sedation, oral and maxillofacial surgery, and dental implants. By nature of their general training they can carry out the majority of dental treatments such as restorative, fillings, crowns, bridges, prosthetic, dentures, endodontic, root canal, therapy, periodontal, gum, therapy, and extraction of teeth as well as performing examinations, radiographs, x-rays, and diagnosis. Dentists can also prescribe medications such as antibiotics, sedatives, and any other drugs used in patient management. Irreversible enamel defects caused by an untreated celiac disease, 
they may be the only clue to its diagnosis, even in absence of gastrointestinal symptoms, but are often confused with fluorosis, tetracycline discoloration, acid reflux or other causes. The National Institutes of Health include a dental exam in the diagnostic protocol of celiac disease. Dentists also encourage prevention of oral diseases through proper hygiene and regular, twice-yearly, checkups for professional cleaning and evaluation. Oral infections and inflammations may affect overall health and conditions in the oral cavity may be indicative of systemic diseases, such as osteoporosis, diabetes, celiac disease or cancer. Many studies have also shown that gum disease is associated with an increased risk of diabetes, heart disease, and preterm birth. The concept that oral health can affect systemic health and disease is referred to as oral systemic health. Tooth decay was low in pre-agricultural societies, but the advent of farming society about 10,000 years ago correlated with an increase in tooth decay, cavities. An infected tooth from Italy partially cleaned with flint tools between 13,820 and 14,160 years old, represents the oldest known dentistry, although a 2017 study suggests that 130,000 years ago the Neanderthals already used rudimentary dentistry tools. The Indus Valley Civilization IVC, has yielded evidence of dentistry being practiced as far back as 7000 BC. An IVC site in Mergar indicates that this form of dentistry involved curing tooth-related disorders with bow drills operated, perhaps, by skilled bead crafters. The reconstruction of this ancient form of dentistry showed that the methods used were reliable and effective. The earliest dental filling, made of beeswax, was discovered in Slovenia and dates from 6,500 years ago. Dentistry was practiced in prehistoric Malta as evidenced by a skull which had an abscess lanced from the root of a tooth dating back to around 2500 BC. An ancient Sumerian text describes a toothworm as the cause of dental caries. Evidence of this belief has also been found in ancient India, Egypt, Japan, and China. The legend of the worm is also found in the writings of Homer where, and as late as the 14th century AD the surgeon Guy de Choyac still promoted the belief that worms cause tooth decay. Recipes for the treatment of toothache, infections and loose teeth are spread throughout the Ebers papyrus, Gaun papyri, Brugs papyrus, and Hearst papyrus of ancient Egypt. The Edwin Smith papyrus, written in the 17th century BC but which may reflect previous manuscripts from as early as 3000 BC discusses the treatment of dislocated or fractured jaws. In the 18th century BC, the Code of Hammurabi referenced dental extraction twice as it related to punishment. Examination of the remains of some ancient Egyptians and Greco-Romans reveals early attempts at dental prosthetics. However, it is possible the prosthetics were prepared after death for aesthetic reasons. Ancient Greek scholars Hippocrates and Aristotle wrote about dentistry including the eruption pattern of teeth, treating decayed teeth and gum disease, extracting teeth with forceps, and using wires to stabilize loose teeth and fractured jaws. Some say the first use of dental appliances or bridges comes from the Etruscans from as early as 700 BC. In ancient Egypt, Hesi Ra is the first named dentist, greatest of the teeth. The Egyptians bound replacement teeth together with gold wire. 
Roman medical writer Cornelius Celsus wrote extensively of oral diseases as well as dental treatments such as narcotic-containing emollients and astringents. The earliest dental amalgams were first documented in a Tang Dynasty medical text written by the Chinese physician Su Kung in 659, and appeared in Germany in 1528. During the Islamic Golden Age dentistry was discussed in several famous books of medicine such as the Canon and Medicine written by Avisa and Al-Tasrif by Al-Zarai who is considered the greatest surgeon of the Middle Ages, Avisa said that jaw fracture should be reduced according to the occlusal guidance of the teeth, this principle is still valid in modern times. While Al-Zarai made a lot of surgical tools that resemble the modern tools. Historically, Dental extractions have been used to treat a variety of illnesses. During the Middle Ages and throughout the 19th century, dentistry was not a profession in itself, and often dental procedures were performed by barbers or general physicians. Barbers usually limited their practice to extracting teeth which alleviated pain and associated chronic tooth infection. Instruments used for dental extractions date back several centuries. In the 14th century, Guy de Chaillac most probably invented the dental pelican, resembling a pelican's beak, which was used to perform dental extractions up until the late 18th century. The pelican was replaced by the dental key which, in turn, was replaced by modern forceps in the 19th century. Dental needle nose pliers designed by Fockard in the late 17th century to use in prosthodontics. The first book focused solely on dentistry was the Arts in Nibuchelin in 1530, and the first dental textbook written in English was called Operator for the Teeth by Charles Allen in 1685. In the United Kingdom there was no formal qualification for the providers of dental treatment until 1859 and it was only in 1921 that the practice of dentistry was limited to those who were professionally qualified. The Royal Commission on the National Health Service in 1979 reported that there were then more than twice as many registered dentists per 10,000 population in the UK than there were in 1921. It was between 1650 and 1800 that the science of modern dentistry developed. The English physician Thomas Brown in his A Letter to a Friend made an early dental observation. The Egyptian mummies that I have seen, have had their mouths open, and somewhat gaping which affordeth a good opportunity to view and observe their teeth, wherein tis not easy to find any wanting or decayed, and therefore in Egypt, where one man practiced but one operation, or the diseases but of single parts, it must needs be a barren profession to confine unto that of drawing of teeth, and little better than to have been tooth drawn to King Pyrrhus, who had but two in his head. The French surgeon Pierre Fockard became known as the father of modern dentistry. Despite the limitations of the primitive surgical instruments during the late 17th and early 18th century, Fockard was a highly skilled surgeon who made remarkable improvisations of dental instruments, often adapting tools from watchmakers, jewelers and even barbers, that he thought could be used in dentistry. He introduced dental fillings as treatment for dental cavities. He asserted that sugar derivate acids like tartaric acid were responsible for dental decay and also suggested that tumors surrounding the teeth and in the gums could appear in the later stages of tooth decay. Panoramic Radiograph of Historic Dental Implants, made 1978. Fockard was the pioneer of dental prosthesis, and he discovered many methods to replace lost teeth. He suggested that substitutes could be made from carved blocks of ivory or bone. 
He also introduced dental braces, although they were initially made of gold. He discovered that the teeth position could be corrected as the teeth would follow the pattern of the wires. Waxed linen or silk threads were usually employed to fasten the braces. His contributions to the world of dental science consist primarily of his 1728 publication Le Chirurgien Dentist or the Surgeon Dentist. The French text included basic oral anatomy and function, dental construction, and various operative and restorative techniques and effectively separated dentistry from the wider category of surgery. After Fockert, the study of dentistry rapidly expanded. Two important books, Natural History of Human Teeth, 1771, and Practical Treatise on the Diseases of the Teeth, 1778, were published by British surgeon John Hunter. In 1763 he entered into a period of collaboration with the London-based dentist James Spence. He began to theorize about the possibility of tooth transplants from one person to another. He realized that the chances of an, initially, at least, successful tooth transplant would be improved if the donor tooth was as fresh as possible and was matched for size with the recipient. These principles are still used in the transplantation of internal organs. Hunter conducted a series of pioneering operations, in which he attempted a tooth transplant. Although the donated teeth never properly bonded with the recipient's gums, one of Hunter's patients stated that he had three which lasted for six years, a remarkable achievement for the period. Major advances were made in the 19th century, and dentistry evolved from a trade to a profession. The profession came under government regulation by the end of the 19th century. In the UK the Dentist Act was passed in 1878 and the British Dental Association formed in 1879. In the same year, Francis Brodium Lack was the first ever dentist to be elected president of the Royal College of Surgeons, Edinburgh, raising dentistry on to a par with clinical surgery for the first time. Within the field of dentistry, a variety of cleaning tools are used including piezoelectric and sonic scalers and ultrasonic scalers and cleaners. While a majority of the tools do not exceed 75 bat prolonged exposure over many years can lead to hearing loss or complaints of tinnitus. Few dentists have reported using personal hearing protective devices, which could offset any potential hearing loss or tinnitus. There is a movement in modern dentistry to place a greater emphasis on high-quality scientific evidence and decision-making. Evidence-based dentistry EBD, uses current scientific evidence to guide decisions. It is an approach to oral health that requires the application and examination of relevant scientific data related to the patient's oral and medical health. Along with the dentist's professional skill and expertise, IBD allows dentists to stay up to date on the latest procedures and patients to receive improved treatment. A new paradigm for medical education designed to incorporate current research into education and practice was developed to help practitioners provide the best care for their patients. It was first introduced by Gordon Gutt and the Evidence-Based Medicine Working Group at McMaster University in Ontario, Canada in the 1990s. It is part of the larger movement toward evidence-based medicine and other evidence-based practices. Dentistry has been criticized for the lack of evidence or scientific principles behind its practices. Although medical schools are the center of medical research, many dental schools are not involved in research of any kind. In areas where research has been done, common practice often runs counter to the scientific conclusion. For example, 
Evidence since 1977 has shown that seeing a dentist every six months, as is standard in the United States, is not associated with improved dental or oral health. Many dentists agree that adults with good oral hygiene need to have a routine dental exam only once every 12 to 16 months. Another problem is the relative over-representation of fraudulent dentistry practices when compared to similar fields. Patients often do not question information given them by a dentist, and dentists have taken advantage of this to treat patients with unneeded costly procedures. Some of the largest dentistry companies in the United States have been subject to class action lawsuits for their fraudulent practices. Dentists operate with very little oversight, compounding this problem. Evidence of fraudulent dental treatments date back to the 18th century. The oral cavity is not an isolated area of the body and as such, dentistry plays a vital role in ensuring an individual's overall health. For example, some illnesses in the body may first manifest itself in the mouth and adjacent areas. As such, the examination of lumps, ulcerations and discolorations in these areas are included in a comprehensive dental exam. The patient may be referred to another medical specialist if the condition affects another area of the body. Dental checkups and treatments are carried out by professionals known as dentists who have received the necessary medical training and past exams that license them to practice the profession. They are typically assisted by a dental team composed of dental hygienists, dental assistants, dental technicians and dental therapists. Aspiring dentists typically complete a bachelor's degree before entering dental school. Depending on their specialty, they may need to spend more years in school to complete their residency education. There are nine areas of specialization in the field of dentistry. Dental public health. Endodontics. Oral and maxillofacial pathology. Oral and maxillofacial radiology. Oral and maxillofacial surgery. Orthodontics and dentifacial orthopedics. Pediatric dentistry. Periodontics. Prosthodontics. Dental public health is concerned with the prevention and control of disease through community efforts. Endodontics deals with the diagnosis, prevention, and treatment of conditions of the dental pulp and nearby tissues. The research, identification, and diagnosis of illnesses of the teeth, mouth, and nearby regions is covered in the specialization of oral and maxillofacial pathology. There is a good reason for that it's because general dentistry is uniquely oriented toward the prevention of disease. In fact, it is estimated that nearly 65% of all dental procedures are either diagnostic or preventive. By placing a strong emphasis on oral health and hygiene, general dentists help people avoid the progression of oral diseases. If left untreated, these eventually result in pain lost time at work or school and an estimated cost of billions of dollars each year. General dentists are the main providers of dental care to people of all ages. At a routine visit to your family dentist, you will probably have a thorough examination of your mouth, including teeth, gums, and other structures, a professional cleaning, and a discussion about your dental, and overall, health. If your exam reveals the presence of tooth decay, you will probably also have a filling in the affected tooth. Yet these procedures, while common, are hardly the only services your general dentist provides. Of an estimated 143,000 dentists practicing in North America, some 80% are general dentists. Unlike specialists, 
who are mostly focused on a particular aspect of dental practice, general dentists provide a wide array of services that are vital to your continued health, including preventive services. These help you maintain good oral health by stopping disease before it takes hold in your mouth. Regular exams, including diagnostic images such as x-rays, and professional teeth cleanings are a cornerstone of prevention. Your general dentist may give you detailed instructions to improve your at-home oral hygiene, and may also recommend preventive treatments such as sealants, if needed. And if you lead an active lifestyle, you can be fitted with a custom-made mouth guard at your dentist's office. Restorative Services When a problem is found, your dentist will ensure you get timely and appropriate treatment. Probably the most common, and highly effective, dental restoration involves removing tooth decay and placing a filling in the affected tooth. But that's not the only restorative procedure general dentists provide. They offer you a place to go when you need prompt treatment for dental trauma, for example, a broken, loosened or knocked out tooth. General dentists can diagnose and treat the causes of tooth pain or periodontal, gum, disease. They may also offer treatments for missing teeth, place crowns or bridge work, and help you get fitted with dentures. Some provide more advanced treatments, such as root canal therapy, orthodontics, and dental implants, as well. Cosmetic Procedures Many general dentists can help you get the sparkling smile you've always wanted with a range of cosmetic procedures. These include teeth whitening, cosmetic bonding, even porcelain veneers. If a brighter smile is what you're looking for, ask your general dentist about a smile makeover. Overall Health Concerns In many respects, your oral health can be seen as a mirror of your general health. Some dental problems may reflect issues in other parts of your body and vice versa. For example, untreated oral infections can lead to poorer control of diabetes, an increased incidence of cardiovascular disease, and complications during pregnancy. General dentists are trained to identify these and other issues, and offer appropriate treatment or referral when needed. One special concern is obstructive sleep apnea, a potentially deadly condition that can sometimes be treated with an oral appliance. General dentists can also offer nutritional counseling, advice on tobacco cessation and general health and wellness information. Prosthodontics is one of the 10 dental specialties recognized by the National Commission on Recognition of Dental Specialties and Certifying Boards. The American Dental Association recognizes the ACP as the organization for the specialty of prosthodontics. There are over 3,500 practicing prosthodontists and prosthodontic residents in the U.S., according to the American Dental Association, Health Policy Resources Center, Supply of Dentists, 2017. Prosthodontists train an additional three years in an American Dental Association accredited graduate program after completing dental school. About 15% of the edentulous population has dentures made each year. More than 36 million Americans do not have any teeth, and 120 million people in the U.S. are missing at least one tooth. These numbers are expected to grow in the next two decades. Tooth loss happens from decay and gums disease, and as a result of injury, cancer, or simply wear. Edentulism affects our most vulnerable populations the aging and the economically disadvantaged. In the geriatric population the ratio of edentulous individuals is 2 to 1. 
About 23 million are completely edentulous and about 12 million are edentulous in one arch. 90% of those who suffer from edentulism have dentures. The number of partially edentulous patients will continue to increase in the next 15 years to more than 200 million individuals. Partial edentulism affects the majority of adult Americans. Consequences of missing teeth include significant nutritional changes, obesity, diabetes, coronary artery disease, and some forms of cancer. Oral cancer kills one American every hour of every day, according to the National Cancer Institute. The death is higher than many better-known cancers such as melanoma. Only 50% of those diagnosed with oral cancer will survive more than five years. Early detection of oral cancer offers the best chance of survival, yet only one-third of oral cavity cancer is found in the earliest stages when treatment is most effective. Men and women are both at risk. In the 1950s, men older than 40 were six times more likely to be diagnosed with the disease than women. By 1997, this male-to-female ratio was 2 to 1. One-third of oral cancer now occurs in patients younger than 55. One in seven people newly diagnosed with oral cancer were younger than 40, according to recent Johns Hopkins studies published in the New England Journal of Medicine. 25% of this group had no traditional risk factors. Strong association exists between oral cancer and human papillomavirus, HPV, the same virus associated with cervical cancer in women. Because HPV is sexually transmitted, there is a link between oral sex and the potential development of oral cancer. People who use tobacco are six times more likely to develop oral cancer. Eight of ten oral cancer patients are smokers. 80% of people diagnosed with oral cancer consume more than 21 drinks weekly. About two-thirds of cancer of the mouth or oral cavity occurs in the floor of mouth and tongue, but can occur in the upper or lower jaw, lips, gums, and cheek lining. Just behind the mouth is an area known as the oropharynx. Oropharyngeal cancer, one-third of cases, occurs in the back of the tongue, tonsils, and throat tissue. Oral diseases are the most common non-communicable diseases, NCDs, and affect people throughout their lifetime, causing pain, discomfort, disfigurement and even death. The Global Burden of Disease Study 2016 estimated that oral diseases affected half of the world's population, 3.58 billion people, with dental caries, tooth decay, and permanent teeth being the most prevalent condition assessed. Severe periodontal, gum, disease, which may result in tooth loss, was estimated to be the 11th most prevalent disease globally. Severe tooth loss and edentulism, no natural tooth, was one of the leading 10 causes of years lived with disability, yield, in some high-income countries. In some Asian Pacific countries, the incidence of oral cancer, cancer of the lip and oral cavity, is within the top three of all cancers. Dental treatment is costly averaging 5% of total health expenditure and 20% of out-of-pocket health expenditure in most high-income countries. The oral health care demands are beyond the capacities of the health care systems in most low- and middle-income countries, omics. Oral health inequalities exist among and between different population groups around the world and through the entire life course. Social determinants have a strong impact on oral health. Behavioral risk factors for oral diseases are shared with other major NCDs, 
such as an unhealthy diet high in free sugars, tobacco use and harmful use of alcohol. Poor oral hygiene and inadequate exposure to fluoride have negative effects on oral health. Oral health is a key indicator of overall health, well-being and quality of life. WHO defines oral health as a state of being free from chronic mouth and facial pain, oral and throat cancer, oral infection and sores, periodontal, gum, disease, tooth decay, tooth loss, and other diseases and disorders that limit an individual's capacity in biting, chewing, smiling, speaking, and psychosocial well-being. 7. Oral diseases and conditions account for most of the oral disease burden. They include dental caries, tooth decay, periodontal, gum, diseases, oral cancers, oral manifestations of HIV, orodental trauma, cleft lip and palate, and noma. Almost all diseases and conditions are either largely preventable or can be treated in their early stages. The Global Burden of Disease Study 2016 estimated that oral diseases affected at least 3.58 billion people worldwide, with caries of the permanent teeth being the most prevalent of all conditions assessed. Globally, it is estimated that 2.4 billion people suffer from caries of permanent teeth and 486 million children suffer from caries of primary teeth. In Muslimics, with increasing urbanization and changes in living conditions, the prevalence of oral diseases continues to increase notably due to inadequate exposure to fluoride and poor access to primary oral health care services. Heavy marketing of sugars, tobacco and alcohol leads to growing consumption of unhealthy products. Dental caries results when microbial biofilm, plaque, formed on the tooth surface converts the free sugars contained in foods and drinks into acids that dissolve tooth enamel and dentine over time. With continued high intake of free sugars, inadequate exposure to fluoride and without regular microbial biofilm removable, tooth structures are destroyed, resulting in development of cavities and pain, impacts on oral health related quality of life, and, in the advanced stage, tooth loss and systemic infection. Periodontal disease affects the tissues that both surround and support the tooth. This often presents as bleeding or swollen gums, gingivitis, pain and sometimes as bad breath. In its more severe form, loss of gum attachment to the tooth and supporting bone causes pockets and loosening of teeth, periodontitis. Severe periodontal disease, which may result in tooth loss, was the 11th most prevalent disease globally in 2016. The main causes of periodontal disease are poor oral hygiene and tobacco use. Dental caries and periodontal diseases are major causes of tooth loss. Severe tooth loss and edentulism, no natural teeth remaining, are widespread and particularly seen among older people. Severe tooth loss and edentulism was one of the leading 10 causes of years lived with disability, yield, in some high-income countries due to their aging populations. Oral cancer includes cancers of lip and all subsets of the oral cavity, and oropharynx. The age-adjusted incidence of oral cancer, cancers of the lip and oral cavity, in the world is estimated at 4 cases per 100 people. However, there is wide variation across the globe, from no recorded cases to around 20 cases per 100 people. Oral cancer is more common in men, in older people and varies strongly by socioeconomic condition. In some Asian Pacific countries, the incidence of oral cancer ranks among the three top cancers.
tobacco, alcohol and aracanut, beetle quid, use are among the leading causes of oral cancer. In regions like North America and Europe, high-risk human papillomavirus infections are responsible for a growing percentages of oropharyngeal cancers among young people. Oral manifestations occur in 30 to 80 percent of people with HIV, with considerable variations depending on the situations such as affordability of standard antiretroviral therapy, ART. Oral manifestations include fungal, bacterial or viral infections of which oral candidiasis is the most common and often the first symptom early in the course of the disease. Oral HIV lesions cause pain, discomfort, dry mouth, eating restrictions and are a constant source of opportunistic infection. Early detection of HIV-related oral lesions can be used to diagnose HIV infection, monitor the disease's progression, predict immune status and result in timely therapeutic intervention. The treatment and management of oral HIV lesions can considerably improve oral health, quality of life and well-being. Orodental trauma is an impact injury to the teeth and or other hard or soft tissues within and around the mouth and oral cavity. The world prevalence of traumatic dental injuries in either dentition, primary and permanent, is around 20%.11 Orodental trauma can be caused by oral factors, increased overjet, environmental factors, for example, unsafe playgrounds or schools, risk-taking behavior, and violence. Treatment is costly and lengthy and sometimes can even lead to tooth loss, resulting in complications for facial and psychological development and quality of life. Noma is a necrotizing disease that affects children between the ages of 2 and 6 years suffering from malnutrition, affected by infectious disease, living in extreme poverty and with weakened immune systems. Noma is mostly prevalent in sub-Saharan Africa, but rare cases are reported in Latin America and Asia. Noma starts as a soft tissue lesion, a sore, of the gums, inside the mouth. The initial gum lesion then develops into an ulcerative, necrotizing gingivitis that progresses rapidly, destroying the soft tissues and further progressing to involve the hard tissues and skin of the face. In 1998, WHO estimated that there were 140 new cases of NOMA annually. Without treatment, NOMA is fatal in 90% of cases. Where NOMA is detected at an early stage, its progression can be rapidly halted through basic hygiene, antibiotics and nutritional rehabilitation. Such early detection helps to prevent suffering, disability and death. Survivors suffer from severe facial disfigurement, have difficulty speaking and eating, face social stigma, and require complex surgery and rehabilitation. Clefts of the lip and palate are heterogeneous disorders that affect the lips and oral cavity and occur either alone, 70%, or as part of a syndrome affecting more than 1 in 1,000 newborns worldwide. Although genetic predisposition is an important factor for congenital anomalies, other modifiable risk factors such as poor maternal nutrition, tobacco consumption, alcohol and obesity during pregnancy also play a role. In low-income settings, there is a high mortality rate in the neonatal period. If lip and palate clefts are properly treated by surgery, complete rehabilitation is possible. Most oral diseases and conditions share modifiable risk factors, such as tobacco use, alcohol consumption and unhealthy diets high in free sugars, common to the four leading NCDs, cardiovascular diseases, cancer, 
chronic respiratory diseases and diabetes. In addition, it is reported that diabetes mellitus is linked in a reciprocal way with the development and progression of periodontitis. Moreover, there is a causal link between high sugars consumption and diabetes, obesity and dental caries. Oral health inequalities are caused by a broad range of interacting biological, socio-behavioral, psychosocial, societal and political factors that create the conditions in which people are born, grow, live, work, and age the so-called social determinants. Oral diseases disproportionately affect the poor and socially disadvantaged members of society. There is a very strong and consistent association between socioeconomic status, income, occupation and educational level, and the prevalence and severity of oral diseases. This association exists across the life course from early childhood to older age, and across populations in high, middle and low-income countries. Oral health inequalities are therefore considered as differences in oral health that are avoidable, and deemed both unfair and unjust in modern society. The burden of oral diseases and other NCDs can be reduced through public health interventions by addressing common risk factors. These include Promoting a well-balanced diet Low in free sugars to prevent development of dental caries, premature tooth loss and other diet-related NCDs with adequate fruit and vegetable intake, which may have a protective role in oral cancer prevention. Reducing smoking, the use of smokeless tobacco including chewing of arica nuts, and alcohol consumption to reduce the risk of oral cancers, periodontal disease and tooth loss, and encouraging use of protective equipment when doing sports and traveling in motor vehicles to reduce the risk of facial injuries. In addition to the NCD's common risk factors, inadequate exposure to fluoride and a number of social determinants of health should be addressed to prevent oral diseases and reduce oral health inequalities. Dental caries can be largely prevented by maintaining a constant low level of fluoride in the oral cavity. Optimal fluoride can be obtained from different sources such as fluoridated drinking water, salt, milk and toothpaste. Twice daily toothbrushing with fluoride containing toothpaste. 1,000 to 1,500 parts per million, should be encouraged. Long-term exposure to an optimal level of fluoride results in substantially lower incidence and prevalence of tooth decay across all ages. Oral health inequalities must be reduced by tagging the broader social determinants through a range of complementary downstream, midstream and integrated upstream policies such as, water fluoridation regulation of the marketing and promotion of sugary foods to children and taxes on sugar-sweetened beverages. Moreover, promoting healthy settings such as healthy cities, healthy workplaces and health-promoting schools is critical to building comprehensive supporting environments to promote oral health. Unequal distribution of oral health professionals and lack of appropriate health facilities in most countries means that access to primary oral health services is often low. Overall coverage for oral health service in adults with expressed needs ranges from 35% in low-income countries, 60% in lower-middle-income countries, 75% in upper-middle-income countries to 82% in high-income countries. The oral health service demands are beyond the capacities of the health systems in Mosulmics. This results in a high proportion of oral diseases being untreated and leads to significant unmet patient needs. Moreover, even in high-income settings, dental treatment is costly, 
averaging 5% of total health expenditure 23 and 20% of out-of-pocket health expenditure. World Health Organization defines UHC as all individuals and communities receive the health services they need without suffering financial hardship. Based on this definition, three areas are critical to achieving universal health coverage. Integrated Essential Oral Health Services Oral health workforce geared towards population health needs and the social determinants of health. Financial protection and expanding fiscal space for oral health care. Public health solutions for oral diseases are most effective when they are integrated with those for other NCDs and with national public health programs. The WHO Global Oral Health Program aligns its work with the Global NCD Agenda and the Shanghai Declaration on Promoting Health in the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. The WHO Global Oral Health Program assists member states by Developing and disseminating robust advocacy materials that reinforce the commitment to oral health among policymakers and other stakeholders at a global level. Building capacity and providing technical assistance to countries to support a life course approach and population-based strategies related to reducing sugars consumption, controlling tobacco use and promoting fluoride-containing toothpaste and others vehicles of fluoride, with a focus on disadvantaged and poor population groups. Supporting to strengthen oral health systems based on a people-centered health care approach as a part of primary health care, PHC. Reinforcing oral health information systems and integrated surveillance with other NCDs to demonstrate the scale and the impact of the problem and to monitor progress achieved in countries. The latter part of the 20th century saw a transformation in both general health and oral health unmatched in history. Yet, despite the remarkable achievements in recent decades, millions of people worldwide have been excluded from the benefits of socioeconomic development and the scientific advances that have improved health care and quality of life. The past decade has been a time of significant change in international health. The understanding of the causes and consequences of ill health is changing. The social, economic, political and cultural determinants of health are significant and it may be argued that better health can be achieved by reducing poverty. Moreover, health systems, including oral health systems, have roles to play. Systems are becoming more complex and people's expectations of health care are rising dramatically. In many countries, the role of the state is changing rapidly, and the private sector and civil society are emerging as important players. In developing countries in particular, a growing number of development organizations, private foundations and non-governmental organizations are becoming active in the health sector. Goals are to build healthy populations and communities and to combat ill health. Four strategic directions provide the broad framework for focusing technical work, which also have implications for the oral health program. Reducing oral disease burden and disability, especially in poor and marginalized populations. Promoting healthy lifestyles and reducing risk factors to oral health that arise from environmental, economic, social and behavioral causes. Developing oral health systems that equitably improve oral health outcomes, respond to people's legitimate demands, and are financially fair. Framing policies in oral health, based on integration of oral health into national and community health programs and promoting oral health as an effective dimension for development policy of society.
In accordance with WHO overall priorities, the Global Oral Health Program has adopted the following priorities and strategic orientations. Strategies and approaches in oral disease prevention and health promotion. The threat of non-communicable diseases and the need to provide urgent and effective public health responses led to the formulation of a global strategy for prevention and control of these diseases, endorsed in 2000 by the 53rd World Health Assembly. Prevention and control of non-communicable diseases. Priority is given to diseases linked by common, preventable and lifestyle-related risk factors, unhealthy diet, tobacco use, including oral health. High relative risk of oral disease relates to socio-cultural determinants such as poor living conditions, low education, lack of traditions, beliefs and culture and support of oral health. Communities and countries with inappropriate exposure to fluorides imply higher risk of dental caries in settings with poor access to safe water or sanitary facilities or environmental risk factors to oral health as well as general health. Moreover, Control of oral disease depends on availability and accessibility of oral health systems but reduction of risks to disease is only possible if services are oriented towards primary health care and prevention. In addition to the distal socio-environmental factors, the model emphasizes the role of intermediate, modifiable risk behaviors, oral hygiene practices, sugar consumption, amount, frequency of intake, types, as well as tobacco use and excessive alcohol consumption. Such behaviors may not only affect oral health status negatively as expressed by clinical measures but also impact on quality of life.